Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ahí va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Ophil. Marca Mesut Ophil. This is Arscast Extra. Hello and welcome to another Arscast Extra, as always, with James from Gunner Blog. Good evening to you, James. It's an evening recording. Goodly evening, it is. It's a, a lovely balmy evening over here. Well, I say that, I was pouring with rain earlier. It's very changeable at the moment. Yeah. But evening. Yeah. Um, I'm opening the window here. Any... Go on, what's that, what's outside? Not the, well, the, the air, sky, uh, birds, that kind of shit. I'm uh, just opening it because my office is really quite warm, but it did book it down with rain here as well. Storm weather. When I, I went to Mallorca, mm. and when I took off, there was a, a massive storm over... Well, London, uh, particularly North London, apparently. But it was I was on the plane and I could sort of look out the window and see the forked lightning, you know, all around me. Oh. It's quite frightening, really. Yeah. That's not pleasant, but I, I assume you had a good holiday. You looked like you had I a did. good holiday, I have to say. Yeah. I've been following yeah. your your Instagram stories with uh, with great mirth. <laughs> To the oh, point where sensation. <laughs> to the point where it got to it got to a point where I just felt so sorry for your uh, for your fiance. I assume she is still your fiance. The wedding is going ahead. She hasn't, you know, stabbed you in the neck or anything like that. No, somehow I, I, I'm sorry to say, Arsenal fans, it's still on track. But there's still time. There's still time. She's got about six weeks to get out of it. Um, so <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, for those who didn't see, I mean, how to explain the Instagram stories? It was basically just me making a lot of videos of myself saying that there were a lot of things, observing that there were a lot of dis- different things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, got enough desks, got, got enough, enough booze. Desks, got enough sunglasses. Um, I don't think she liked it that much, to be honest, but people kept telling me to keep doing them, and yeah, I'm a, I'm a sucker for praise. People said, these are funny, keep making them, and so I just kept making them, and she yeah. kept getting more and more annoyed. Um we're back off the holiday now. I'm taking a hiatus, but who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll bring it back for Maybe a bring... much-helded second series. Yeah, or, or the honeymoon. Do it for the honeymoon. <laughs> oh, God, don't give me ideas. <laughs> I, I have to say, I think my favourite one was where, where I assume you were pretending to take a picture of her in front of the beach, and she was yeah, standing so there was. looking, just smiling into the camera, and I was like, got enough umbrellas? And she was like, I got fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wasn't too happy. But, you know, uh, th- what you've got to know as well, there were plenty I did when the camera wasn't on, so imagine what it was what it was like. Oh, my me. God. But oh I'm going to try and compile them. I'm going to try and I've got, I'm going to try and edit them into a little compilation and share it with the world. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure she'll thank you for that as well. I'll give it to her as a wedding president. <laughs> I'll project it at the wedding ceremony. <laughs> got enough rings? Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I hope right. so, yeah. Just uh, the two. You know, just the two. Got enough divorce papers? <laughs> no, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but anyway, how has everything been in these islands in in your absence 
Yes. Well, I think there's been a marked difference between when I went on holiday and lots yes, of great that's stuff true, happened. Actually. And you went on holiday and basically fuck all happened, James. How <laughs> can you say that? We played Titanic clashes against Bayern Munich and Chelsea. Well, yes. Important fixtures. True, true. I mean, I, I did uh, I did want to bring those um, monumental fixtures up uh, at some point during the podcast, but basically nothing much has happened. We've uh, I've written down here, transfers in, zero, out, zero. Uh, we did have those games, of course, against Bayern Munich and, and Chelsea. We were great. When we beat Bayern Munich, of course, it was a marvellous display. We put them to the sword. We lured them into a false sense of superiority by allowing them to basically take shots at will at our goal. And they only got Mm. a goal through a penalty, of course, which they dive for, which is, of course, the Bayern Munich way when it comes to to Arsenal. They dive and get a penalty, and that's how they scored their goal. Petr Cech let it in, of course, as he does with penalties, again, to lure them into a false sense of superiority. We let them hammer us for a while, and then Alex Iwobi, right at the death, scored a fantastic goal, and we beat them on penalties. That's it, and it turns out Emi Martinez was the penalty king all along. Well, look, maybe that's why they're going to have him as the number two goalkeeper next year, because he can save penalties. Maybe they need him on the bench to bring him on for shootouts. Yeah. It would be great if you could do rolling subs for goalkeepers, couldn't it? We go, penalty against us. Hang on, ref, just going to switch in. Petter, come off here. Emmy, get on there. Right, save the penalty. Get the fuck off again. Petter, get back on. That would be be something, but I'm not sure the game is sophisticated enough for that yet. You could have one goalkeeper who, who, who came on to take the goal kicks, the set, the, de- the dead balls, you know, the set pieces. Not Ospina. Not Ospina. Another goalkeeper who came on to deal with corners. Not, not Ospina. Not <laughs> Another goalkeeper who came on to dominate his penalty box. Yeah. Not Ospina. Well, I'll tell you, we did do have one transfer out the day before I went away. Speaking of goalkeepers, that was Wojciech Szczesny. He went to uh, Juventus. Very sad. Did you see him all teary in his press conference? I did see that. He was obviously really affected by it. He was asked, I think, by the Italian journalist, do you have any regrets about the way things finished with Arsenal? And he said, well, you know, I've been there for was there for 10 years or whatever it was. And then was like... <laughs> and he was trying, like he was smiling, but trying not to cry at the same time. And I have to say, my heart broke into a thousand tiny little pieces for poor old Wojciech. I know some people didn't like him, but I liked him. He was a player that I liked and a character and a personality that I liked. And uh, I think it's a shame that it didn't work out. I understand, you know, the reasons why, but, you know, he's got a very good move, hasn't he? Juventus. I mean, they're not a, they're not a small club or anything. So Yeah, he's done very well. I mean, there's a lot of talk about Arsenal trying to offload, inverted commas, dead wood this summer, but you cannot put him into that category. This is one of the best young goalkeepers in Europe, and he's 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 gone to Juventus to replace Gigi Buffon in the long term. I mean, I think he's probably, he'll view it as a step up, if anything. So, I, you know, I, I don't think you can argue with it from his perspective, but sad to see any player who obviously feels such a massive affinity for the club depart. Yeah, he did write a very nice message, of course, um, on Facebook or his Instagram mm. or one of those. And I, I love the bit where he said, even though I'm not an Arsenal player no more, I did like that, the, the pure um, Londonness or Englishness of that was great. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? He yeah. might as well have written in rhyming slang or something. <laughs> uh, but I, I imagine he'll do very well there. I mean, what an opportunity, I suppose, to learn from Buffon for a year and then potentially take over at the, the top club in Italy. I mean, it's 
It's, it's all right, isn't it? If you're going to get kicked out of your sort of club where you've been raised, it's he's landed on his feet, let's say. Yeah. I mean, I do wonder if he was prepared to go to Juventus to play. We, we figure uh, under Buffon for the final year, it's hard to mm. see that Juventus are going to, in his final year, just shift Buffon to one side and let someone else take over. I guess... Chesney's going to work in tandem with him anyway, depending on what what goes on in terms of Europe, etc., etc. But, you know, there's probably no reason why he couldn't have come back to Arsenal and worked in the same way under Petr Cech, who's 35, going to be 36. You know, that's... Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, why not have a similar... If if he's prepared to do it in Turin, surely he would have been prepared to do it at this club he Mm. loves so dearly. It, it, It must have been... Arsene Wenger's decision, his mind was made up, it yeah. seems, about Chesney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really the only piece of transfer news that has happened. Apart from, we have turned down a couple of bids for some players. Callum Chambers was a, there was a £16 million offer from Crystal Palace. Apparently that mm-hmm. was turned down. And apparently we also turned down a £10 million bid for Kieran Gibbs. That seems, um, that seems, <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're going to make Kieran Gibbs play in the, Reserve reserves in a friendly against Boreham Wood, which is probably just about to kick off now. Matthew Debushi, Carl Jenkinson and Kieran Gibbs involved in this friendly against Boreham Wood tonight as we're recording. That tells you where he stands in the squad. And for me, £10 million for a left-back who's hardly played over the last 18 months, two years, with one year left on his contract, that seems like pretty good money. So when we're talking about finding it difficult to get rid of some of the dead wood, maybe we need to just take what we can get for some of these guys. Yeah, that does seem a strange one. I mean, I think £10 million for Kieran Gibbs sounds very, very decent indeed. I mean, it was a bit of an odd one. Was it West Brom who were reportedly in for him and then Tony Pulis kind of turned around and said, we won't be signing Kieran Gibbs. Mm. Was, was that because the bid had been rejected? or Probably. It was a bit of a strange one. Yeah, Probably. I, so. I mean, it's not as if he's a small, petty man or anything, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't be signing uh, Kieran Gibbs. We don't want Kieran Gibbs. Yeah. 10 million quid, I mean, I would bite not just your hand off, I would bite off your arm, really, mm. for a 10 million pound for Kieran Gibbs. And that's not any slight on him. 10 million pounds is an awful lot of money for, for anybody. I mean, I know that the transfer market is officially insane now what with Neymar and well, all that well but. well well you know aside from Neymar aside from anything else Mbappe while you were away Kyle Walker went to Manchester City for 50 million pounds I mean what the f- how do we how do we as football fans as people who write about football and talk about football for some part of our meager living how do we try and make sense of anything when Kyle Walker costs fifty million pounds, how do we make sense of anything when Swansea turned down a forty-five million pound bid for Gilfie Sigurdsson, who is a good player, Gilfie Sigurdsson, but forty-five million pounds? What the fuck is going on? I am beginning to come round to the idea that we are living in some sort of simulation, and our sort of our gullibility <laughs> is just being tested now by the aliens. They're like, "What can we put into the program and see if they'll accept it?" And yeah, everyone's going, "Okay, fifty billion quid, Gilfie Sigurdsson," and they're like, "All right, leave them plugged into the matrix." It, it, I, it doesn't. It's it. That's how it makes me feel. Yeah. Uh, but what's interesting is that those rates do not seem to apply in any way to Arsenal players. Uh, you know, there's. You've got Swansea turning down £40 million bids for Gilfie Sigurdsson, and yet we can't get 
I don't know, more than about six million for Jack Wilshire. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? Well, I mean, is is the difference perhaps that? Well, I mean, I think uh, Tottenham were open to selling Kyle Walker, uh, but but Swansea want to keep hold of Gilfie Sigurdsson. The ones that we have, who we all want to, everyone see, knows we want to get rid. <laughs> well, that's kind of that's kind of part of it as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, that might be something we come back to in the uh, yeah in the uh, in the second part of the show with questions. There was some Alexis Sanchez stuff going on as well. Uh, apparently, he was in yeah. Paris. Then he wasn't in Paris. Uh, then you know, PSG were in London. I don't know who PSG were in London talking to, like Dick Law. Uh, what? I don't know the, the cleanest. I, don't, I honestly don't know. Uh, they, I think they were just in the Arsenal shop, just you know, shop it. I don't know what they were doing in there, mm. thinking if they could buy enough Alexis shirts, that would somehow count. They, uh, it was confusing for me because I was away and only checking the news intermittently, and I was looking online and it seemed basically like Alexis to PSG was a done deal. People were reporting it as he'd agreed a contract in Paris yeah. and it was a matter of time. And within 24 hours, Arsene Wenger. He came out, he absolutely stonewalled it, didn't he? I mean, he completely, he knocked the idea out of the park, out of the planet. He was like, Alexis is not for sale, I'm on record. The decision's been taken. Yeah, he said basically it's uh, media imagination is what he put those stories down to. And then he said PSG, are uh, they're chasing Neymar because they cannot get Sanchez. Now, Alexis is due back this weekend. He's back on Sunday. He's going to go straight into training on Sunday while we're playing some Emirates Cup games. So, you know, maybe there'll be some kind of clarity from his side of things. But certainly, whatever you might, uh, whether you believe it or not, right? Because we have been down this road before and there was, uh, <clears throat> you got to excuse me, I've got a bit, I had a bit of a cold and now I'm a bit croaky of this road. But... You're excused. Thank you. Um Whatever, whatever about things that have happened in the past, and we know we've seen Nasri and Fabregas, Van Persie, other players who've had a year left on their contract and they've been sold. We've seen there, we've been there, we've done it. But the message this time from the club has been throughout this summer been hugely consistent that we will mm. not sell Alexis Sanchez. He's not going to Man City. He's not going to Chelsea. He's not going to Bayern Munich. He's not going to PSG. I don't know who else, who else there is. There is nobody else. So maybe Swansea when they get all that guilty money. <laughs> um, but I, I uh, yeah, I, I was thinking about this and it almost feels like, I mean, we know that after the FA Cup final, we had the Cup final on the Saturday and on the Monday, apparently Arsene Wenger sat down with Stan Kroenke over lunch and they thrashed out the terms of his new deal. And then on Tuesday, that was kind of presented and ratified at a board meeting. And it almost feels like at that board meeting, that it, it, it feels like they sat around and were like, what are we going to do about Alexis? And a decision collectively was taken by the club that they would not be selling him. Because the positions from that day on has been entirely inflexible. They've yeah. been absolutely rigid in their stance. And I think for them to, for Arsene Wenger to talk with that authority, I think he must know he has the backing of the owner in that respect, you know, and, and the board, and that it's a, a strategic decision that has been taken. I mean... I can't shed the few percent of doubt that, that, that this could still blow up, that the player could still make it a trickier situation than it currently is. Mm. Um, but it would require that, wouldn't it? It would require, it would require Alexis, that. Alexis to, uh, to like say, I don't want to be here anymore, to give one of those interviews where you go, oh, for fuck's sake, he's, he's totally fucked it now. But, the guy's interview, the Robin Van Persie yeah. letter to the fans, exactly. Yeah. Uh, 
but I, I suppose that, that that's commendable of the club in a way. They've they've made it such a situation where if it does all come apart, it will be the players' fault and it will be their doing. because they've acted up, the club have done it the right way. I suppose you know they've they've said he's one of our best players. We want to keep him. Yeah, and can't argue you know, with in that. This in this slightly mad world of football transfers where, you know, you sign a player for a huge fee, whatever it is, 50 million quid or 35 in Alexis's case, you put them on a four-year contract, you agree that, and then within two years as a club, you have to sort of hurriedly commence negotiations on a new deal where where those last two years of the contract seem to mean nothing at all. I quite, I sort of feel like Arsene Wenger's probably thinking, well, I'd quite have liked to put some of the power back in the hands of the employer. We know he believes in the sanctity of contracts and I think he's trying against the trend to kind of re-establish that and hold Alexis to the agreement that is in place. Whether or not that proves possible, I suppose, is another thing. I think you're right to an extent, but I also think there's something a little more self-serving to it in the sense that he realises that for Arsenal to try and get back to where he wants them to be or where we want Arsenal to be, it would be much easier to do that if you have Alexis Sanchez in your team. Firstly, you don't have yeah. to deal with the shitstorm of selling Alexis Sanchez. Whether even if even if you sell him abroad, there's going to be people who will question the 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 ambition of the club and the ability of the club rightly to hold on to its best players. The knock-on effect of that, then, of course, is that if Alexis goes, then someone like Ozil, some of the other players might think, "Uh oh, you know, maybe we'll go there." Uh, and also the fact that in this current market, to buy what Alexis gives you would cost what. 300 billion euros. Like if Gilfie Sigurdsson's 50 million euro or 50 million pounds, what does it cost to get a player who can score you 30 goals in a season and get you 14 assists? So there's, it's... Um, mm. How many Kieran Gibbses would it cost? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, there is something to be said for upholding the player, upholding the contract and making a player see that out. And, you know, I, I really admire that stance from Arsenal this summer. You know, if we get to the end of August and we don't sell him and we hang on to him, and even if he goes next season on a free, I would much prefer to see us do that than let him go, uh, you know, this summer because he's so hard to replace. But it's being practical. It's being pragmatic in hanging on to him as well. So unless Alexis Sanchez really, really, really kicks up a fuss and does something that makes his position untenable, like he's literally got to come out and say, I do not want to play for Arsenal anymore. I want to move before the end of August. I hate it here. Everyone teases me. They give me wedgies. I just want to get out. Please let me go. You know, that kind of thing. Unless that happens, I think he's going to be an Arsenal player for the next season. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I think it's going that way too. It's going to take the, the mother of all strops uh, for anything to change. And I don't know, Arsene Wenger doesn't seem to believe that's going to happen. So, mm. uh, But I suppose if it was just Alexis, that would be one thing. But, you know, we've talked about this all summer, admittedly. But what with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Meza Ozil in similar positions... Well, you can't help but think think ahead a little bit to next season, can sure, you? Sure, of course. Of you know, what, what would that be like? But, you know, here here's the other thing. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain was linked with Chelsea and Stoke... Stoke. I mean, I mean that that to me sounds like an agent that's getting desperate. I think Arsenal leaked that to scare him into signing a new contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, not Stoke. I, I, yeah, you know. Yeah, look. I mean, the 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 stories came out that Oxley Chamberlain. It's not about money. It's about either playing time or playing position, which I think it could be a sticking point. Um, 
But, you know, the idea that he might go to Stoke, if that's supposed to be putting pressure on Arsenal, then then I don't know what's what. And maybe some, some more positive noises about, uh, about Mesut Ozil signing a new deal. Exactly when that might happen, uh, I don't exactly know. But uh, other players linked with a move away. Mohamed Elneny linked with a move to... Leicester, was it? Well, there was a story that he... He turned, that down, turned down a move to Leicester, but it came from the Sun, so I, I didn't mm. really pay that much attention to it because, you know, you can't set it on fire like you would with sure. the actual newspaper. <laughs> but um, he's been linked with a move to Galatasaray. There was a report that the Galatasaray president or sporting director was in London last weekend or, or early this week, but nothing much seems to have happened. So he, he Turkish clubs are always claiming they're going to sign our players, aren't they? They seem to forever be, you know, in talks about something. But yeah, all mouth, no trousers. There, there is an the element Turkish of that. There is an element of that, and of course, Elneny remains with us. We've been linked with William Carvalho again from Sporting. Uh, of course, the the new Sebastian Frey, who I saw. You remember I was talking about seeing that seniors tournament? By the way, all those old players, Pires playing. Sebastian oh, yeah. Frey was the France goalkeeper. He's extraordinarily fat these days. <laughs> really is. He was never the slimmest anyway. Right. Well, very, very difficult to, to score past him. Honestly, a touch of the Paddy Kenny is about Sebastian Frey these days. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Elneny one is interesting, especially seeing as Arsene has just embarked on his, his big project to make him a centre-half, of course. Well, yes. Yes, there is, a, there is that. I think he's just playing there because we literally don't have any other centre-halves. You know, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. So. We're having to use basically six centre-halves in a game because we're playing three at the back and he's making changes at halftime and making changes throughout the games. So he's just there, I think, to make up numbers. I don't really see Elneny as, as a centre-half option for us going into the new season. You know, Maitland-Niles played there against Chelsea, did not look at all comfortable, um, but then neither did anyone else really in that game against Chelsea to be honest no we've managed to not talk about it really did you watch it the Chelsea game I did and it was one of the worst things I've ever done in my life yeah I watched it believe it or not I was on the beach and I got an Arsenal player up on my phone uh, and I watched I know I watched about an hour of it I mean honestly that was that was the biggest regret of my holiday probably (laughs) investing time in that it wasn't a good game. Um, you know, it was a terrible pitch. It was the end of a tour. We didn't play very well. There wasn't really anything positive to take from that game, but nor was there any reason to lose your reason over a preseason friendly. A lot of people seem to uh, seem to do just that. Um, then there was the whole Wellington thing. Did you see that? Did you catch up on the the Wellington yes. business? So we, yeah, he was being he was moving to Bordeaux. Uh, but I don't know exactly what our involvement was. Do do you did you get to the bottom of the mystery? I think we had either a buyback clause, or we were able to buy a certain amount of his rights back from Fluminense, which is the Brazilian right. club that he moved to. So we decided to do that and and sell him to Bordeaux. I don't know why it couldn't have gone straight from Fluminense to to Bordeaux. Um, and we just get a percentage of sell-on fee. But I think what happened was he went there on a free transfer last season, and because of that, in lieu of payment, we held on to a certain percentage of his rights. I think right, that's okay. the way it worked. But anyway, he, he flew from Brazil to France, to Bordeaux, went there, and they discovered that he had an inflamed pubis. Oh, no. Mm. <laughs> I'm glad to say I didn't come home from my holiday with one of those because, you know, that, 
That's not a good sign, is it? No. Inflamed pubes. An inflamed I imagine pubes. that that was the bit of Wellington we still owned, the injured bit. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it just cut it open like, oh, look, Arsenal DNA in that bit, yes. Um, so, I, I don't know if I'm going to regret this, but I'm Googling inflamed pubis. Is this going to be bad? I, I don't know, but um, <laughs> go for it. Um, I presume it's just a common... Images. Oh, it looks nasty, to be honest. I mean, oh, what yeah? I'm looking at, to be honest, is a picture of a skeleton with a big red circle around the groin area. Uh, you know, it looks bad enough. I'm I'm looking at it. There's some more graphic images there on the one right. that I'm... I think I've got safe search on. <laughs> I definitely don't have safe search on if a couple okay. of the images that I'm looking at uh, are anything to go by. But there is a very strange one of a sexless man. Have you got the sexless man image? Yeah, the kind of action man guy. Yeah, the action man guy. It looks like, you know, groin inflammation, it says, and it's pointing to I, a big red groin, yeah. but he's got no winkle or, exactly. or ghoulies. I'd, I'd say the groin inflammation is the least of his worries because <laughs> Where's there's been winkle? some kind of intervention. <laughs> it's, it's not good. They didn't mention that in the press release about Wellington, that he was, had had his winkle removed, but who, perhaps he also had. I don't know. I don't know. We prefer our footballers in France with winkles and ghoulies. You send this one back to Brazil immediately. Uh, but he has gone back to Brazil, exactly, hasn't he? That's yeah. what they've done with him. He has gone back um, to Brazil, and he is now, I believe, re-registered as a Fluminense player. And what the future holds, I do not know. But, you know, I also don't really care. No, I mean, he got a lovely little trip to Bordeaux out of it. So Yeah, he could have picked some you, nice wine up say? at the Duty Free. Yeah, maybe. Well, very nice wine mm. out there. Um, take it back with him. Take it back. Just make sure you don't drop it on your pubis or, or yeah. whatever you do. Yeah, you don't want to get it any more inflamed than it already no. is. Um, but obviously, Fluminense aren't, aren't bothered about his inflamed pu- pubis. They're like, well, we love you as you are. <laughs> they send him. They send him over to France, knowing he had this inflamed pubis. Oh, trying they to get rid of it. Maybe. No, no. They thought, look, the French will love this. They're mad into that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, wow. The other stuff, I suppose, is the the Lucas Perez stuff. Have you seen that? You seen that stuff? Yeah, Lucas Perez? I, yeah, that made me feel a little bit sad inside, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, they 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 took his shirt they number, took his off squad him. number, even though he desperately wants to leave and has been quite clear about the fact that he wants to leave. Immediately, he's unhappy that his shirt number was was taken away. I mean, I know, you know. I mean, I, I, I like spare it. a thought for Joel Campbell as well. They gave him Joel Campbell's squad number. What happens to him now? Who knows? He's injured for about six months anyway. Joel Campbell did his knee in the uh, what's the no the Gold Cup, isn't it? That's Gold the one Cup. that he did. So, That's but Lucas Perez, the, the most precious cup. Lucas Gold. Perez reportedly, according to La Voz de Galicia, which is uh, the voice of Galicia. The newspaper of the Galician region. Uh, he apparently told Dick Law, I feel cheated. In February, I was not allowed to leave for China with the promise that I would play more, and after that, I had even fewer opportunities. But the shirt number is an ugly gesture. On the trip, Lacazette asked the boss, and he accepted. Afterwards, he told me, Poor Lucas. Ooh. I like Lucas Perez. You know, he's a decent player, but I don't think. I, I don't think he's been. Has he been really that hard done by? I think he should have got more chances. I think he should have played more. I think his performance has merited a bit more time in the squad. But what would he have been the difference, James, between us finishing in the top four or challenging for the title or not during that, during that period? So. 
I don't think so. I mean, I liked him like you. I, I thought he was good and there were games where maybe on form he should have been used. I, I look back over the fixtures from last year and what was striking was when he did really well, he never kept his place in the team. Like when he scored that hat-trick against Basel, I think mm. he was an unused sub in the following game. I think when he scored a couple in the League Cup at Forest, again, unused sub. Um Basically, every time he, he played well, he found himself out of the team again, which I suppose is something to feel a little bit mm. fed up about. But most of the time, he's been replaced by Alexis Sanchez. So, you know, I don't think he's the difference, no. And I don't think that, you know, if we've brought a new striker in in the form of Lacazette, then someone's got to make way, haven't they? And I, and I think you can see why it is Lucas rather than some of the other guys. Well, yeah. I mean, you could make the case that someone who's there, aside from Lucas, has got to make way. Someone of Giroud, Welbeck, Walcott mm. is going to have to make way as well because maybe we're just a bit top-heavy in that area. Um, and it remains to be seen which of those guys is going to be on their way. Um, you know, there's still but Somehow, Machu Dabushi still has the number two shirt. This is, this is the thing. Maybe he feels a bit like, hey, those guys still get their shirts and why have I had mine taken off me? Yeah. I mean, the, the answer is so we can sell lots of shiny Lacazette 9 shirts, isn't it? But It is. It is. It is, yeah. And uh, for Lacazette's career to be ruined because of the uh, the current of the number nine, <laughs> which, of course, yeah, does not course. exist. We're, jo- we're joking. We're joking. Um, but, I mean, now it's... I think I read that uh, Lucas's agent has come to London to discuss his sale with Arsenal to say, look, Deportivo have offered upwards of seven euros. Please accept this kind and generous offer. Yes, we will bring you meat and olives as well. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think the the, uh, the offer is around nine million euros. They say they could go to maybe 10 million euros. But nobody else I mean, appears to be bidding, do they? I mean, that's the thing. It's not as if yeah. we're we've got people banging down the door for Lucas Perez. And it seems he really, really wants to go back to, to Deportivo. So, you know, what do we do? Do we just cut our losses? Do we write off however much we paid for him? I mean, look, the thing about it is, as well, the the transfer that we did, it's not as if we would have paid that £17 million up front. There probably mm. would have been a staggered deal, so that might be some way of doing a deal with Deportivo that doesn't see us splash out all that money. Maybe there was some of that fee was dependent on appearances, which could explain, actually, why he didn't play if there was an appearance fee and we knew we were going to let him go. Um, So maybe there's a way of doing a deal with Deportivo. He's happy, we're relatively happy, Deportivo are happy, and life goes on. Yeah, I think him going back to Depo is what makes most sense. I had never heard about the possibility of him going to China in February. That would have been a, a surprising move. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, look, he was very happy at Depo. He was a hero there. I hope it works out for him, to be honest. I mean, good player. Seems like a good guy. Mm. Just didn't... I suppose he did the job, didn't he? I mean, Tim Stillman, I think, wrote a thing about this where he was saying, you know, he was brought in as a backup and he kind of was a backup. And that was that. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And his dad had an octopus stall. It, and that's all we need to know. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a quiz question, like, in years to come. Which which Arsenal player's father had an octopus stall in Camden Market? People will go, yeah. oh, fuck, oh, I don't know. Uh, I wonder who that could be. And it'll, <laughs> it'll stump people for years and years, unless they go back and check out the archives of this podcast, assuming it still exists many years in the future and the world has not been completely blown up and destroyed. But um, yeah, 
Yeah. That was probably Depot's offer, wasn't it? Eight, eight million euros, a bag of hammer ruffles, and a few octopus. Yeah, exactly. Some uh, what, what, uh, pulpo a la gallega. That's it. The, uh, the oh, it's very nice. It is nice. I'm not yeah, a big fan delicious. of octopus, really, but um, that that is quite well. nice. Yeah, with the mm. potato and the pepper and all that kind of stuff. So, um, mm. so apart from that. That's really everything that's gone on, which kind of pales into in- insignificance compared to all the stuff that went on when I was on my holidays. So I think. So, so what are you saying? Uh, what am I saying? That I think you I need should to be allowed on- to go on holiday more. <laughs> yes, yes, I think so. And I shouldn't. <laughs> well, no, you should because then we get the Instagram stories. Mm. Okay. Uh, what happens if we're both on holidays at the same time? Well, we both went to New York and we beat Chelsea. All right, and then we turn Chelsea into a three-at-the-back machine yeah. that went on to walk the league. Okay, let's never do that again. All right. Okay, well, look, we're going to take a little break here, and we're going to come back in part two with your questions and more right after this. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the Arscast Extra. This is part two where, 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 where. It's like one of your dance remixes. Or it is, yeah. On the end. <laughs> uh, where we answer the questions that you said. I could edit this out, of course, but where we answer the questions that, I, uh, that you sent to us that you make put towards internet on us. Into internet Internet in the face. With hashtags. There's a hashtag. <laughs> Ash, Ash, Ash Craig. Anyway, you send us questions and we ask the questions to each other and then hopefully we give and you some And then I answers. say, I don't know. You say, I don't know. You say, okay. Um, will, will I go first? Uh, I would normally say yes, but I'm a bit worried. <laughs> no, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, let's see what comes out. Of okay, uh, this one comes from The Great Depression. His name oh, is... Sounds fun. Awazar on Twitter. And he wants to know very simply... Will we complete another big transfer this window? Ooh, yes, we will. We there will, you go. Surely. I, I, I feel like we will. I mean, Marcus Brown said, do you think we'll make any more signings before the Community Shield? And I was going to say, I'm not particularly optimistic of that. That's in about, what, nine days' time now. Mm. I don't feel like that's going to happen, but I feel like surely there's going to be a little bit, a little bit more business before the window shuts. What do you reckon? I think we will. I don't know who or where or why. We know why to make the team better. That's why. <laughs> Is it why, though? Is that really why? Or are we just going to just spend money for the sake of it because that's what everyone says we should do? Just spend yeah, some guess. spend some fucking money. 
Well, just let's buy just, Lucas Perez. Yeah, what could go wrong? We'll sell him to Deportivo, then buy him back for £45 million. Pounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think we will. I think we've got to buy a midfield player of some description. Whether we get them before the season starts, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think we'll do. I think we'll do at least one more relatively big transfer. Um, but I think from this point on, most of the transfer business we do is going to be outward. That's that's my thinking. Well, definitely the majority. I mean, hopefully the majority anyway, because we've we've got so many players to sell. I mean, in terms of incomings. When I went away, there was all sorts of talk about Thomas Lamar, and it felt like that might be on the cards. It seems like that's gone a little bit quiet, and Monaco sound bullish, at least, about wanting to keep him now, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's a difficult one, isn't it? As long as the Mbappe situation is going on with Real Madrid and he might end mm. up there, look, they're, they're, they're not even in a position where they need to sell financially right now, are they? Because they've sold Mendy, they've sold Bakayoko, they've sold uh, Bernardo, Bernardo Silva. You know, mm. they've, they've brought in a lot of money and if they bring in another 150 million, 160 million, then th- they just don't have any need for money. You could offer them so much and they, they just don't need it. It's not to say they turned it down if you offered them a ridiculous amount. But I think what they have shown maybe as well is that if you do offer what they feel the player is worth, they're open to selling. So yeah. I don't know how seriously we're going after Thomas Lamar. I you know I think he would be a really good addition to the squad. He's one of those where I've kind of one of those players that I haven't had for for a while where I've got my fingers crossed that we sign him. One of those that we've been linked to over a period of time. You know the way the Alexis deal happened relatively quickly, didn't it? it you know, we were linked but it happened relatively quickly. The same Mesut Ozil was just like, "Oh shit, we're signing Mesut Ozil out of the blue yeah. on deadline day." So there was none of that. But he's a player who I'm like I've got I've got fingers crossed. Like I always tell the story when I was a younger man, a young boy, in fact, and Charlie Nicholas, he was the um, he was the player that everybody wanted. He was banging in goals for Celtic and all the big English clubs were after him. Uh, Arsenal were after him. Uh, Liverpool were after him. Manchester United were after him. And aside from the big clubs, I think even Tottenham were after him as well. <laughs> and I remember like as a kid, um, when I still believed in the power of prayer, like praying that we would sign Charlie Nicholas. Dear God, really? please, yeah, please sign Charlie Nicholas. I promise I'll go to church every Sunday. I promise, I promise, I promise. And then we signed Charlie Nicholas. I felt kind of obliged for a week or two. And then I was like, nah, fuck it. You know. <laughs> didn't last. And then, yeah, maybe didn't that was last. maybe that had a reflection in Charlie's Arsenal career. Maybe it's down to me. God was punishing Charlie for for being that champagne guy around the uh, the nightlife of London. God led him astray because I didn't go to church. But anyway, my point is that uh, uh, Thomas Lamar is a bit like that for me. I've, I really hope we sign him, but I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know if you'll even remember this, but we spoke about a Monaco game last season at some point, and um, I think it was when they beat Spurs, and I was saying how much I'd enjoyed it, and I was saying there was one player who really impressed me, and I was about to say Mendy, the left-back, and you said Lamar. And you, you had liked the look of Thomas Lamar. Yeah, 100%. And wow. I've, I've had this in the back of my mind. I don't know, because I think you've forgotten this, but I remember thinking, oh, I'm surprised you said Lamar, because I didn't really notice Lamar that much. But you obviously did. So you were on something. You were ahead of the, ahead of the curve with this scouting. Wow, well remembered. I don't know how the fuck you remember that. 
I don't know. I've got a really weird brain. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, I, but there you go. So he's—he's okay. he's, there. Obviously, is an affinity there between you and and Tomma. Me, me, and Tommy. Me and Tommy yeah. Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. It'll be great pals. We if will. It works out. We will. All right. Uh, is it your question or my question? It's my question. I think I'm going to take it anyway. Take the initiative. All right. Um, Kev Arsenal, 1990. I don't know if he was born in 1990 or he just really enjoyed. Arsenal's 1990. I don't remember 1990 well enough to 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 know if it was any good. Well, well we didn't win the league. We won no, it in 89. It was certainly no 89. It was Liverpool who won the league for the last time, I think, in 1990. That was the last time they won the league. Ah. Yeah. Well, it's quite a good year in that respect, if it's the last time. Mm. Um, he asks, are Ramsey and Shaka a good enough pair to take us to a title challenge? On, on their own, you know, I don't think they can play a whole season in all the competitions that we're playing. Mm. So I would say on that level, no. I mean, I think they're a really interesting partnership and certainly they've um, they've done well in the final part of, of the season. Actually, there was a question here that ties into this and I don't know if your answer would be the same. Uh, it's from Mr. Azule. Uh, at Jack Azule, and he says, if you could magically guarantee the fitness of one player for next season, who would it be? And I was going to say, when I asked you that question, my, my choice would be Aaron Ramsey. Because I feel like with Ramsey, it's the fitness issues more than ability issues that have hampered his career over the last couple of seasons. I, yeah. think, I think he's a tremendous player. And if he stayed fit, if he had a run in the team, if he had a position in the team that he was really comfortable in. So if we work that with three at the back, we've got the two uh, wide men in midfield. We've got Xhaka sitting a little deeper and we've got Ramsey between that position and the uh, the two are wide men, Ozil and Sanchez, as it might be. You know, I think I think he could do a fantastic job in there. So he would be the guy that I would I would love to stay fit. Um are they on their own good enough to take us to the title? I'm not sure. I think it's an area of the pitch where we really need some investment. I had a look at midfield this week and, you know, we're a bit weak in there, I think, in terms of just quality, not so much numbers, but quality. And I think we do need a player in there who can give us something a little bit different. What do you think of um, uh, Jean-Michel or Jean-Michael Serry at Nice? We've been linked with him. He's He seems very much in the Kante mould, but I was very uh, interested to read what Tim on 7am kickoff uh, did when he looked at him and, and sort of compared him to Santi Cazorla. And I don't think we're saying he's, he's a like-for-like like replacement for Santi Cazorla because Santi's a fairly unique talent, but his skill set uh, is really, really quite similar. Yeah, I mean, I saw uh, bits of him against Ajax the other night and, I, you know, like everybody else, I've sort of trawled through various YouTube compilations. I think he is technically really good. He can take set pieces as well. He's got good delivery. He created quite a few goals for Nice last year. I think he might fit the bill. I think we do probably need that kind of mobile midfield player, someone who can rotate in with Ramsey and Xhaka because, as you say, Ramsey's... Ramsey's Hamsies are the, are the problem, aren't they? <laughs> uh, down the years, they've been a real issue for him. And Shaka, you're probably guaranteed to miss a couple of games through suspension. So mm. I do agree with you that we need someone in the middle of the park. 
and I think, you know, Coquelin, obviously he's got his critics. Elneny is kind of a maybe player, but not one who's necessarily found his best role in this new formation. And Oxlade-Chamberlain's future, like Jack Wilshere, is up for debate. So I, I would like a central midfielder to come in. I don't know if that was the plan for Lamar, but Seri does seem like someone who would fit the bill. And his buyout clause is, I think, about €40 million, Euros, which seemed like a lot of money at the start of the summer, but now seems like well, not very much at all. Well, actually, I saw somebody leave a comment on your video uh, that you did about Seri saying that it, there isn't necessarily a buyout clause. That's just what Nice are looking for. Ah, okay. So, you know, he certainly seems like the kind of player who is gettable from our point of view. He's not really been linked to anyone else. I know there was a, a link to Roma, but they didn't seem willing to pay for him. Um, if we want him, surely he is a player that we could go and get. If we put the money down and said, we want this player, it's a deal I feel that we could really do. But mm. again, it's it's how Arsene Wenger views him, whether this link is... Uh, has got any foundation or is more spurious transfer window stuff? I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. By the way, just to go back on that because I love to sort of claim that I'm right. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, apparently, the president told RMC Sport in May, Seri has a 40 million euro clause. At that price, he'll be free. If a club offers 40 million euro for Seri tomorrow, oh. he'll go. Okay. Whether or not that's a formal clause, I don't know. But that's that's what was said back in May. But right. I don't... Who knows? I, it, who knows what Nice are up to? What games they're playing? They signed Balotelli. They're very hard to predict. Mm, that is true. That is true. Anyone that signs uh, Balotelli is... Yeah. Yeah, they're brave worthy, anyway. Worthy of some examination, maybe. Yes. Uh, but yeah, central midfield is sort of the, the big area, isn't it, that everyone's looking at now. The, by the way, the, the who, which player would I keep fit... Ramsey wouldn't have been my first answer. Who would instinctively, it be? I sort of well, instinctively, I kind of think Alexis simply because when he plays, he's so important to us. Um, then my next thought was Koscielny, maybe, mm-hmm. just because you know those Achilles are becoming more and more problematic, and uh, it, I think he's so important to our defensive stability mm. but would you be allowed to say Santi Cazorla or would that be cheating because he's already injured um, I don't know I don't know and you I, don't you make know, the rules I, I don't make the rules I also feel like I, I love Santi Cazorla I think he's an amazing player but I also feel like we kind of need to move beyond Santi Cazorla now rather than yeah. focusing so much on, on him um, speaking of central midfielders oh Baz at Baz9999 uh, says uh, he's one better than the police, Baz. Uh, he says, Ross Barkley, if he was £20 million mm. or less, do you think he's worth taking a chance on? Uh, £20 million or less would be cheap, wouldn't it, in the in the current market? It's certainly not what's being talked about when, with Spurs' interest. Mm. I mean, sort of, no, I think not. There was a time when I thought Barkley was an incredibly exciting prospect and I think Arsene Wenger spoke in very glowing terms about him and you could see why. Amazing physique, great technique, but that doesn't seem to have converted. I'm not necessarily convinced he's much better or much different to Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. I, I don't... Yeah. I sort of feel like he's in that bracket of kind of nearly... What about you? Yeah, that, I think that's a really good comparison, actually. You're you're looking at him thinking, this is a guy who's got all the attributes, but when are we going to see them on a consistent basis? Mm. Um, and I do wonder as well, you know, obviously he's a an Everton lad. 
And if he can, you know, if he's got issues with Everton, I don't think he's probably going to be treated, you know, terribly by Everton by any means. Um, so what, what's his issue with the club that's made them so vehement and so determined to move him on? Because I think Ronald Koeman is is really keen to, to move him on this summer. So maybe there's, you know, attitude issues in there as well. I You know, I, I, I wouldn't, to be perfectly honest. I don't think he's what our central midfield needs. No, definitely not. And also a bit like Oxley Chamberlain, he hasn't really nailed down a position. You know, if he if he came into this Arsenal team, you'd probably be looking at him for one of the roles almost behind the striker. He's not really played regularly in a, in a deeper position. So uh, I'm not, yeah, not convinced by Barkley. If you let Ox go and brought him in, I'm not sure it's an upgrade. It's sort of more of the same, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, blah, 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 blah. Okay, Ollie at World of Ollie asks... Are we struggling to sell people? I mean, I can answer that straight away. Or do you think we're playing harbour with prices? Or are players simply reluctant to leave? Um, I think it's a couple of things. I think, A, if you're a player who's got a year left in your contract and you're being paid 60 grand a week and somebody says, uh, I think we did this the other week, didn't we? Come and like do more work and earn less money. Uh, a lot of them are going to say no that mm-hmm. it suits them to see out the final year of their contract, whether they want to play or not. Now, you know, you can make your own mind up about what that says about the individual or the players in question, if that's the way that they're operating. I'm not not pointing any fingers. I'm just saying that that might be a factor. There's also the idea that, as we mentioned in the first part of the show, clubs know that the player, clubs know the players we don't want. They know we don't want Kieran Gibbs or Matthew Debushi or Carl Jenkinson or, uh, you know, who else? Uh, Maybe Callum Chambers. Uh, You know, they know the players that we don't want. So they're not going to come in uh, and try and prize them away from us with massive bids. You know, it's not like trying to buy Alexis Sanchez where you go, well, we've got to like wow them with a, a big bid here. They are going to come in and try and lowball us because they know they're buying something that we don't want. So we don't have a strong hand in that regard. But I also think that a lot of the outgoing deals are going to happen late in the transfer window. My gut feeling tells me that as the transfer window comes to a close in the final week, there will be a bit more... Like the business we're seeing at the moment is crazy. It's mental. The 50 million Kyle Walker, the 45 million Guilfi Sigurdsson, 200 million for Neymar. You know, it's it's crazy stuff that's going on just at this moment in time. But the nuts and bolts of the transfer market, the the the, the average players that are going to move between clubs, uh, mm. they're not going to be the focus of this kind of attention. But when it comes right down to it, you know, they're going to have... Clubs still need the players and, you know, we still need to move those players on. But towards the end of the window, you get better prices if you're a buying club. It's easier to to haggle. We've seen Arsenal do it down the years. So I just think it's going to take time to get rid of some of those guys. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it gets easier for a buying club suggests that we're not going to get significantly better offers than what we're getting now, right? I mean, I think yeah. Arsenal are going to have to cut, cut their losses with quite a lot of these guys. And whether that means they have to make a contribution to their salary for the remaining year or they just have to accept low or almost nominal fees in some cases, I think I think that is going to be what what happens. And it's frustrating, but we do, to an extent, simply have to clear the decks. I mean, the squad is, as Arsene Wenger put it, heavy. Uh, it's too big. And he, he tends to be at his best when working with a, a slimmer squad. Yeah, 
so yeah, I think we'll see. So I think that's really why there hasn't been much in terms of the uh, the outgoings as of yet. Um, we also had that question from uh, Abhishek, who's uh, Monkey's Magic on Twitter. So more or less uh, the same question. Uh, S, who's at Atwood10, wants to know, do you think our poor form last season was largely due to players having shit numbers? 33, 24, 29, 20, all starters. I mean, it's not pretty, is it? It's not pretty. I- I'm optimistic that this summer we could sort quite a lot of that out though you know we've already given Lacazette number nine Chesney's gone so that frees up the number one potentially mm-hmm. for Petr Cech Debushi could vacate the two could we see Hector Bellerin take number two Kieran Gibbs number three I mean I was surprised that Kolasinac went in for 31 early doors he could have sat it out and taken the three um, so look as meaningless as it is, <laughs> we could sort it out and make it look a bit prettier this summer. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think some of the big numbers are are kind of ridiculous. But uh, but Xhaka wanted that number, didn't he? Or did Xhaka like? Didn't he? Oh, not Xhaka, Kolasinac. Yeah, I, mean, I know, the, I know. But didn't what, did what, he ask for it? I don't know. What number is Xhaka? Xhaka's twenty nine. Because wasn't 29. there some a number that he, he wanted thirty four? He wanted thirty four. He's got it two on him or something. And then it up to 29. Yeah. Well, you cut out completely there. I didn't hear a word you said, but I'm not worried. It was something about squad numbers, so yeah. it's really not important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a bit of tidying. You know, it was the whole uh, Diaby wearing number two was not a good one either. You know, you can go too low. Sometimes as a player, you can go too high with the number, but you can also go, you can also go too low. I mean, Gallus 10, of course, is the great unspeakable blasphemy mm. of them all, isn't it? Yeah. Let's talk, we'll see what happens with the number 10 shirt this summer if Jack Wilshire goes. That'll be interesting. What do you think is going to happen with Jack Wilshire? Well, I had a question. Should I ask the question? Yes, dude, that's handy. Uh, where is it? Okay, Chris Frenchy at C Ragout on Twitter, or Ragu, probably, actually, if he's Frenchy. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> and he says, uh, 2010 Jack Wilshire is just what our midfield needs. Should we keep him and hope he finds that form? There's nothing to lose if clubs are only making low offers. I think that's reasonable, to be perfectly honest. Like, if someone comes in and offers you six million for Jack Wilshire, Maybe you should take it because his injury record suggests that you might get nothing um, in January or if he gets to next summer, he can leave on a free. But, you know, I, I, I think I said a few times last season that I felt like our midfield missed a player with the qualities that Wilshire has because he, he was a bit like Rosicki, wasn't he? In that he had this ability to burst between the lines and to try and break down some of the pack defences uh, that we came up against. So, like, if we don't get an offer that's reasonable for Jack Wilshire keep him for sure why not mm. why not he's he is a good player he hasn't he hasn't reached his potential he might not ever reach his potential um and i do feel i still feel like he burned his bridges going to to bournemouth but yeah why not keep him if if the offer doesn't come in that's um good enough to to sell him we might as well have him in the squad I mean, I guess, you know, we all spoke about Wojciech Szczesny and how much affinity he had for the club and the affection and how sad it was when he left. And, you know, if that's true of anybody else in this squad, it's it's Jack Wilshire, isn't it? I mean, he was mm. raised at Arsenal and while he may have burned or certainly singed his bridges, um, 
I think, you know, he's still probably got a depth of feeling for Arsenal. So the noises coming from Arsene Wenger suggest he will be given a chance if he's prepared to work and be a squad member and wait for his opportunity. Mm. He wasn't prepared to do that last year. So maybe it'll be in Wilshire's hands. All right. Uh, okay, I'm going to try and pronounce this one. This is from the Kalechi Amadi at the Kalechi Amadi, who is who is who is the presidency on Twitter, and he says, with our performance in friendly so far, should any youngster be promoted into the senior team this season? Interesting. Well, I believe hasn't Ainsley Maitland Niles officially been promoted to the senior team uh, I saw that maybe maybe it came from George Bird uh, or yes, someone similar I think so uh, yeah so that's one who's made the step up I have to say I've been really impressed by Reese Nelson I mean I, I had um, a question it was from Shane Desmond on Facebook and, and they said who will be our Emirates Cup wonder kids to pin all our hopes on <laughs> like Wilshire and Jeff before them only to end up snow going us uh, well I think I'm excited to see Reese Nelson play I've really I know it is only pre-season and it's difficult to draw too many conclusions but the confidence and the swagger that he has shown almost every time he's taken to the field really is impressive and he's clearly very technically able so uh, you know, I wouldn't go as far as say he should be involved regularly with the first team, but I think we'll see him here and there in the domestic cups in the Europa League, and that's probably about right. Mm, I think he's probably the only one, really. I know Joe Willock had a good game um, in maybe against I can't remember who one of the uh, the preseason games anyway. Sydney, one of the, yeah. Sydney, yeah. Um, but no, I think I think if we're if we're talking about putting a, a Premier League team together that can challenge for the title, I don't think any of these guys are ready for that in any way. Um, but there does appear to have been a good clearing of the decks at youth level. There is a bit more room for some of these young guys to play more of the under-23 football. Players like Chuba Akpom should be on their way. Um, even the Jeff, he's in that he's in that misfit squad for the game at Bournemouth yeah. tonight. Now, I know he had an injury, but there was a story in France football which said Arsene Wenger had had enough of Jeff Rena Adelaide and wanted to get rid of him. He was like getting ready to to move him on. There was talk of a move to AC Milan. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe Reese Nelson can come along and impress and disappoint us ultimately, like like the Jeff. But it sounds like something happened dis- in a disciplinary way uh, when it comes to um, uh, to the Jeff. So yeah, but I think Reese Nelson is the one who looks the most exciting of those young players that are, that have been on tour. Yeah, he really does. And I mean, the Jeff thing is interesting, but if it is a disciplinary issue, I suppose we've seen with what's happened with Chesney how seriously Arsene can take those matters and what it can mean for a player's mm. future. So, yeah, it'd be a shame because I know, you know, we've seen bits and pieces of him here and there and he's very talented. And I know other players in the squad rate him incredibly highly. So it'd be a shame if it has uh, has all gone wrong for him. Mm. All right, I got a question? Oh, I don't know. Uh, yes, I probably do, but I, I don't know what it's going to be. Well, I've got I'm one. I'm excited, you... though. All right. Well, you oh, yeah, go ahead. No, you no, say no, yours no, while no, I... No, no, no. Let's not, uh, no, let's not no, get no, in the no, way no. of the excitement here as you scroll <laughs> <laughs> up and down Twitter desperately trying to find a question, like a DJ wondering uh, where his next record is. It's because we keep sort of asking similar questions, and I keep to that thing. It's funny you say that. I've got this question as well, and what I've done, I've burnt out um, many of my questions. Oh, I've got one. All right. A lot of pressure on this, isn't there? Yeah. Fred Thurbin, who's at RLF86, 
on Twitter. Fred asks, does the fallout from the friendly results make you concerned there'll be a hostile atmosphere around the club from the first game? Um, not a bad question, was it, in, in the circumstances? Yeah, not bad. Uh, no, no more than no more than usual, really. But usual's not very good, is it, Arsenal? That's well, <laughs> no, true. I mean, look, it, it all depends on what happens on the pitch, ultimately. You know, yeah. were, were things calm, generally speaking, over the summer? Yes, they were, even though we finished in the Europa League. Why was it? Because we won our final 10 games, including a cup final. So it's really what happens on the pitch that will dictate the atmosphere, of course. Um, you know, it's a tricky enough start to the league. But, you know, I don't think there's any forgiveness anyway. I saw after the after the defeat against Chelsea, there were people losing their minds over the performance, over the fact that we'd lost a, a preseason game against Chelsea, you know, going like as if it was a game that meant something or mattered in any way. So if people are prepared to broadcast their thoughts uh, over a game as unimportant as that, then you can be quite sure that they will when the, there are points to be played for. And if we drop points, then of course people are going to go absolutely bananas. But I don't. Th- I just think it's the way it is these days. I think you. You know, we. Well, I don't know whether we have to accept it or not, but it is just what it is. That's what happens, and it's up to you or me or uh, every whoever's listening as individuals to decide whether or not that's something that they want to engage with because you can filter that out of your supporting experience as much as possible it's a little difficult for for me or or perhaps you if you're doing videos if you're doing stuff that people are commenting on of course you know that is that is a little bit difficult but i think most people you know you don't have to watch things uh, that that overreact. But yeah, it is it's just the way of things that people people have a lot to say these days. We'll says the guy doing been. a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they feel the need to talk about anything. What's, what's up with people all the time? Always talking into microphones and recording it and making it available for people <laughs> to listen to on their phones or whatever device. It's crazy. <laughs> Guys, you can filter it out of your fan experience. Let me tell you, it's easily done. Please don't, though. We'd, we'd appreciate it. But don't I think... Uh, <laughs> I'll just go mad just doing this podcast every week. Just me nobody. and you. Yeah. Well, sometimes I wonder. But um, what I was going to say, it, it has been relatively serene, hasn't it, this summer? For, you know, compared to what it was like just a few months ago. I mean, one thing I noticed the other day, I was thinking to myself, what happened to the takeover? Well, I'm to all the people trying to buy the club. That just went away, didn't it? Got enough money. Got enough got, money. <laughs> got enough shares, Stan. You got enough shares, mate. Um, <laughs> Never seen anything like it. Yeah, yeah. No, it does feel like that. Just, you know, that story burst into life around the end of the season. There were chants, get Cronky out, all of that. And then just kind of evaporated off the FA Cup. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, in fairness... Trophies will do that for you, I guess. Trophies will do that. And of course, you know, there haven't been games. You know, I, I presume there are 20,000 people are going to turn up in Stan Kroenke masks for the Emirates Cup and bring their kids and everything with Stan Kroenke <laughs> masks on. But, you know, I, I don't know. But look, you know, it's down to the players and let's see how ready we are and see how quickly this team can get going this season. Um, that, that will be, the, that will be the, the true driver of the atmosphere. It will. They better get going quickly. They're the first game, aren't they? Friday yeah. night. All right, listen, I've got one here. This is a good question. Um, 
I, I think you'll like this one. This comes from Nick Howell, who's at Nick4768. And he says, if you were offered the chance to sign a young Vieira or Henri, knowing that they go on to replicate the same form, who would you pick? Oh, that is really difficult, you know. So let's let's make it let's try and make it as easy as possible. You've got to sign that player now for this team right it's now. This team. Well, it's Vieira then, I think, for me. Mm. It's Vieira because you know we talked about central midfield being a problem in attack. You've got Urzel, Alexis, and Lacazette. We don't know what Lacazette's going to be like, but. You know, he, sh- he should be decent enough. We spent enough money on him. Central midfield's a big problem. It, yeah, it's got to be Vieira. What mm. about you? Yeah, for this for this team right now, I think it would have to be Vieira. Just to have that presence, that fucking monster in midfield who could do all the things that he did. You know, you remember when he first came into the team, it was just like mind-blowing to see this guy perform in that way to add this presence this I don't know how to describe it. it was like a force of nature I mean Henri yeah. was amazing an amazing player the way he came in but he did what you wanted a striker to do right he came in and mm. and and scored goals and made goals and just added so much to our attack but Vieira just took our midfield to a completely different level and I think having a young Vieira in this midfield would take that area of the pitch to a higher level again then you ask me, have we got enough of a midfield to 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 challenge for the title? I'd say definitely yes, for sure. Yeah, I mean, when when you, people watch N'Golo Kante play now, they sometimes say, "Oh, it's like watching two players." With Vieira, it was even more so, even more pronounced because he covered so much ground and he was such a brilliant ball winner. But he was technically unbelievable. Yeah. Like it's so easy to forget how skillful he was, the way he could, you know, clip the ball over a player's head and dribble away from them. And he could really, really do it. He could score goals. He was so complete as a player. And, uh, I mean, yeah, he he would solve a lot of the problems in this side instantly. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's so and a leader, a real, real leader. Like, he inherited the armband from Tony Adams and, and a different style of captain, but a fantastic captain nonetheless. Mm. Yeah, imagine. Oh my god. I think I mean, I've got I would a, love I mean go on. I was, I was just gonna say I think I've got an inflamed pubis right now, <laughs> thinking about that. Yeah. I mean we've had a few kind of, you know, supposed new Vieras down the years, but uh nothing quite like the original, is there? There's nothing I mean it, it was he was a one off, that's the thing. It's like trying to find a Santa Gazola replacement. These great, great players, they are one offs and the idea that you could find someone who steps in and will do the same job. So implausible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. All right, so you got to find another solution. Got to find it. Yeah, find just find another Patrick Vieira. That's easy. It's easy. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you just go to uh, you go to Cannes, which is where he came from. I know we got him from AC Milan. Arsene Wenger just got to walk into Cannes and go. Got enough Patrick Vieiras, mate? Got enough? <laughs> there must be loads of them just running around, running well, around you know, on the training like gazelles. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. If they've got spare ones going, yeah, let's have them. Let's. We should get a couple just in case one of them breaks down. (laughs) Way to do it. All right. So they probably will break down. Yes. Um, Have we got time for more? Well, if you have one more, let's do it. I don't have any more. So if you've got one, feel free. 
You've got no more questions. No. You've had you've done enough of them. I've done enough, yeah. Um I want one more. Oh, you want but one I more? But I don't have one, so I'm just looking for it now. How do you feel about that? I feel fine. Do you want to see, are we just improving here? Are we shooting the breeze? Just kind of yeah, exactly. c- clearing up I need dead you air? to feel for me. Tell me what you can see. What <laughs> can still I time. see? Uh, there's uh, some tiles. Tiles on the roof outside and a tree. Have you got tiles? Oh, outside. No, you haven't got tiles on the roof. In, Actually, on the I have got tiles on the ceiling in my, in my no. office. I do. I do. I have a got tiled ceiling. I've never heard of such a thing. I have got foam tiles on the ceiling of uh, of my uh, office. Ah, soundproofing. Soundproofing. I've got foam tiles on the wall, foam tiles on the ceiling. That's why the sound is so. That's why it's so rich and wonderful. You see. I, yeah, that's your voice, though. To be honest, I could have all the foam tiles I wanted. It would never be as sonorous. Okay. Oh, you got one. I've did got you? a question. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well done. You filled beautifully. I filled your gap. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, <laughs> so this is from David with my inflamed at- pubis. <laughs> Careful, I, I will send you back to Brazil. So, okay. at David says, "Why don't we just bid for Neymar?" If we're willing to pay 125 million for a somewhat unproven player in Mbappe, why don't we just do an extra 60 or so for Neymar? Well, thoughts. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Why why don't we? I mean, why don't you? And why don't we get Messi and Ronaldo while we're at it? <laughs> exactly. And you know, we should buy a new fucking stadium. We've only got one stadium. We should just I mean, why we're buying the we should have should have built a second one. That's what we should have done. We could play home games and away games. Exactly. Why don't we just bid for Neymar? Uh, I mean, that would be the most pointless exercise of all time, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. I mean, we could put the bid in. I think it would just be a bit embarrassing, really, though, wouldn't it? I mean, it would just be... You would imagine if we just bid like 250 million euros for Neymar. And just- a pound. And- <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but knowing that they would never accept it. They'd never accept that. Like knowing that he Imagine wouldn't want to come, it. he wouldn't want to come. But we just bid, keep bidding, like or two hundred and fifty million. Arsenal have two hundred and fifty million pound bid for Neymar rejected. Three hundred million, three hundred and fifty yeah. million, four hundred and seventy-two million. And we know Neymar's like Neymar's wants Champions League football. He's probably got a clause in his like his sponsorship contracts that he has to play for a club with Champions League football. Three billion pounds for Neymar. We'll we'll bid that much. No, couldn't agree personal terms with the player, but you know we went right in there. Yeah, no, we really we really tried though, didn't we? We really tried. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, but I can't see it happening. You, you don't think we'll sign Neymar? Don't not before so. the Community Shield. Not before the Community <laughs> Shield. No, hang on. I've got to take a drink of water here because my, my voice is just about to go. Okay. You were supposed to okay. fill in there for me while oh, I was taking I thought a you drink. were telling me that, like, off air. I, sorry, I didn't realise that. I thought we, you'd sort of, you know, this is behind the curtain of Oz. I didn't realise no. that was going to go out. Oh, but now everyone heard you. Now everyone knows what it sounds like when you drink. Imagine. <laughs> People have heard me drink before. I've drunk in the company of others. They know yeah, what it's that's like. True. They know what that's it's like. Much true. All right. Well, look, we'll leave it here because we've got to do another one on Monday, but we will have all the glorious news of the Emirates Cup the to Emirates which you Cup are action. going. You're going. I'm going. Both days. Looking forward to it. Let's see what happens. Uh, Nabi Kata might be there. 
with Red Bull, Leipzig. Shall we kidnap him to solve the midfield problem? Good idea. Good idea. I'll leave that in your capable hands. Um, I'll okay. thank the uh, I'll thank the uh, listeners for listening. Thank you very much indeed. Remember, if you feel like giving us a review on iTunes, that would be that would be great. Uh, appreciate that. We did have one the other day. Actually, I, I I looked at it. I was thinking, oh, have we got have we got any nice new reviews? Um, mm. And we did have it. We did have one. Did have one. I'm going to read it out here. Hang on. <laughs> Okay, good. Looking forward. Uh, it's always lovely. Thank you for the reviews. That no, mo- most people are, are great. Thank you very much. We've got 997 five-star reviews on iTunes in the UK. You could be the thousandth reviewer, guys. What yeah, an honour. That could be it. So actually, I can see. So maybe we'll give a prize to the thousandth uh, five-star reviewer. Uh, I'll, I'll be able to figure out who that is. Um, but anyway, uh, Gunner, who's Gwinner? Gwinner. Uh, G-W-N-N-E-R said on the 14th of July he said they seem to think people are there to listen to their banter which is an in inverted commas he says I don't listen because I don't ca-. he says I care in any way about Jam Crisps or James Oso comical mishaps I think he meant to say I don't care so you do care man. okay I think he cares so much that he finds it difficult to listen. He finds it too upsetting. Mm. He cares so much about you hurting yourself while eating crisps and jam. That could be what it is. It's it's too moving. Mm, It is. Um, And then I like this one from Jur23, who only gave us two stars. Jur, come on, man. He said, Q&A aspect, a nice touch and some decent discussion, but nothing really factual based and has the usual fan bias that I can hear at the Emirates. So I don't know. Are we biased towards Arsenal? I mean, that seems a bit normal, doesn't it? I mean, shouldn't we? Be? <laughs> and also, with no, no, no factual basis. All that, all this fantasy talk, all this made-up football team called Arsenal that we talk about every week. Exactly, exactly. Um, it's not fucking Game of Thrones, mate. There's no fucking dragons and yeah, tits but- in this. <laughs> Maybe that would get better ratings, to be fair. Well, if we want all exclusively five stars, we need more dragons in this show. Well, my topless days are behind me, James. I'm sorry to say. Those days have gone. Those days have gone. All right, well, (laughs) we'll leave it there. Thank you uh, for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one on Monday. Until then, cheers. Bye-bye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 